Money Pit is presented by Spray and Forget, Stanley, Simply Safe, Quick Creek, and Glisten. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And thank you for spending this fantastic Labor Day weekend for us. What are you working on? What? It's Labor Day, Tom. We're not working on anything. Well, okay, that's cool. But hey, maybe you want to plan a project for a future weekend. Give us a call right now at 888 If it's on your to-do list, we can move it to the done list with some simple tips and advice to help you get the job done. We've got a great show planned. We've got a fantastic guest stopping by in uh, just a bit. You know her from this TV series, Taxi, and countless other TV and movie roles. Mary Lou Henner will be here, and she's got a really cool story about one thing you don't want to do when buying a house. Well, and you guys might not know, but Mary Lou Henner has like an amazing memory. She can recall pretty much everything and anything from any day in her entire life. But you might not have that skill. And here's something you might actually want to forget. All of that leftover paint that you're just collecting in your garage or your shed, your basement, wherever it is. We've got some great project ideas to help you use up that leftover paint in some unique ways. And it's hard to believe, but it's almost time to close your pool for the season. We're going to have tips to help you avoid high repair bills next summer by winterizing it the right way. All of that. And we're taking your calls at one eight 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 money pit So let's get to it. 888-666-3974. Leslie, who's first? Jeff in Wisconsin, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? I want uh, add some insulation to the attic of my old, old house that I just bought last year. And I don't know which uh, way I should go with either the uh, the loose fill or the bat. Um, I want to do it myself to save money. But the, the loose fill, uh, I'm kind of uncomfortable with all the the weird conduits and outlet boxes and stuff that are up there in the attic. It's a walk-up attic, and we have a little bit of storage area up there. I don't know if um, if stapling the uh, the rolls up against the roof is, I don't know what's going to give me the best R value and time value and uh, money value, obviously. For- all right, so first of all, let's talk about where the insulation goes. This attic is unfinished, correct? It's not a sleeping space, is yeah, it? Yeah, correct. So the attic does not, the insulation in this case does not go up against the rafters. The attic, the insulation goes on the floor, uh, what you would call the floor of the attic when you're standing in it. Now, is, okay. there, is there a wood floor across the entire attic surface now? Not entire attic, no. It's, there's not. So it's open beams there, right? You can look down into the, see the ceiling below? Uh, no, it's uh, it's got um, the rolls in between there. But like I said, we have a storage area, which is the center of it, that has plywood down on top. Okay, that's actually perfect. So here's what I think you should do. I would buy unfaced fiberglass bats, and just like the word, says unfaced means no paper face, no um, you know vapor barrier face. It's just plain old fiberglass bats. Now you lay these down perpendicular to the floor joists, so not not parallel to but perpendicular, and you would lay these across the entire attic floor except for the area that you want to reserve for storage. So this is an easy way to kind of say double or more than double the amount of insulation that's there. Um, but but still saving that storage space because once you put this down, it's actually going to be higher than the thickness of the floor joists and you can't crush insulation. If you crush it, it doesn't work. 
So that's why it has to sit on top. So if you were to put like 10 or 12-inch bats down like that, you would have a dramatic increase in energy efficiency. Oh, that's not a bad idea. I like that. Okay. Great. Thanks so much for your help. You're very welcome, Jeff. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Stephanie in California is having a heating and cooling issue. Well, specifically a cooling issue in the bedroom. What's going on? Oh, we don't know. Right now, we live in a four-bedroom house. Every room in the house, except for the master bedroom, gets cool in the summer. We have not done a winter yet. Uh, yet. This bedroom, the master bedroom, is at least five to seven degrees warmer than any part of the house. Okay, well, there could be a number of reasons for that. First of all, what side of the house is it on? Uh, it would be on the south side of the house. The more sun, you know, the more cooling you need. So it's not unusual for a room on the south or the west side to need more cooling power. So let's talk about what you could do to try to improve this. First of all, I would check the airflow at the registers to make sure you're getting good airflow at all of the AC registers. In some cases, systems can be balanced so that they supply more air to one room and less air to another. Just as important as to check the return register, Stephanie, because not only do you have to push cold air into the room, you have to pull the air back so it can be recooled. If you don't have a return in the bedroom itself, it's going to be a central return, like in the hallway, perhaps outside of the bedroom. If that's the case, you want to make sure that when you close the door of the bedroom, that there's at least a one-inch gap under the door, because that's how the air gets pulled back and, again, recirculated. Other things that you can do would be to increase insulation over this particular room. So if there's an attic access above, for example, you could double up the insulation over that, uh, and that would also help to keep it cooler. So I would speak with your HVAC professional initially to try to get the balance working a little bit better. And then if that doesn't work, think about adding some additional insulation. And if that doesn't work at all, the other thing you could do is you could add supplemental cooling to that. I have a room, for example, in my house where I have a split ductless system because it happens to be on the west side in my case and it overheats. It's far away from the air conditioning system supply. And so I never quite get enough cooling air into this one room to make it comfortable. So we have a split ductless system in there that supplements it. So those are all good options to help even out the temperature of that room in the house. Stephanie, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now you can call in your home repair or your home improvement question 24 hours a day, seven days a week, whenever what you are working on goes awry, or perhaps you just need some help getting through that project. We're here to give a hand at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, it's almost time to close your pool for the winter. We're going to help you avoid one common mistake that can make the water unsafe. We've got the details next. You live in a body pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. 
And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com, and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T, MONEYPIT. Where home solutions live, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And Labor Day is upon us, which means it's almost time to close your pool for the season. If you want to make sure when you open it next year, it's as good as you left it, you need to follow a few simple tips for preventing winter damage and making it safer, too. Yeah, you know, your pool's filtration system is the most susceptible to freezing temperatures, and that requires special attention. Now, you can avoid costly repairs by thoroughly flushing and draining all the pipes and fixtures now before those cold winter temperatures set in. Yeah, and to do that, just blow compressed air through the pipes, and you want to keep the pressure at less than about 20 pounds per square inch to prevent any system damage. Now, if you're thinking, I don't have a compressor and I've got a small pool, well, a wet-dry vacuum on the blower setting will work just as well for those smaller systems. That's really all you need. Yeah, but you've got to remember this. You need to then fill the system with not just any automobile antifreeze. You want to use specially formulated propylene glycol RV antifreeze. Now, choosing the right antifreeze product is really important for the safety of swimmers in the spring and for people or pets that might come into contact with it and swallow any spilled or stored liquid. Now, this specialized antifreeze 
provides freeze and burst protection to as low as negative 50 degrees Fahrenheit. And it's generally safe for people and the environment. And also, here's a tip. Don't forget to plug the skimmer. Otherwise, the system will fill with rainwater or melt snow and it'll develop damage despite all of your efforts to keep that exact thing from happening. Gary in Pennsylvania, unfortunately, had a flood and needs some help picking up the pieces. What can we do for you? Uh, we had a flood here, a flash flood. Uh, rain came down uh, in eight hours, about seven to ten inches. It flooded our basement with about a foot of water. And um, I'm interested in finding out from you folks how uh, we can get uh, get back to normal as far as the basement's concerned. It smells. Uh, we did manage to get the sump pump going and get the water out of the basement. But uh, it was, like I said, it was a foot around the furniture and everything. And uh, how can I manage to get things back to where they were before the flood? All right. So when you have a flood situation like that, you know, of course, it's human nature that you want everything back just as the way it was as soon as possible. But from a practical standpoint, it doesn't always work that way. You know, here at the Jersey Shore, we uh, faced one of the worst hurricanes in, in history uh, last October with Hurricane Sandy. And that was the natural reaction. Everyone wanted to get back. And we always say, no, you can't get back that quickly um, because you're going to make some mistakes along the way. So what you want to do first is you want to, as you've already done, got rid of the water. Secondly, you want to prevent further damage by removing all of the wet materials. So wet carpet has to be tossed out. If the, if the basement is finished, does it have drywall down there? Those wall, those drywall sections have to be cut out to above the flood line. If there's insulation in the walls, that has to be pulled out. If you have furniture that's water damaged, you may have an option of saving some of that. If you can get it upstairs and start to dry it out and kind of make a decision uh, as you go. But you know, frankly, a lot of that should be covered by insurance, so I, I wouldn't maybe try too hard to save it. But get all of that material out of there. Uh, now, you said it was a flash flood and it flooded the basement quickly. Anytime you have water infiltration that's consistent with rainfall, it can always be reduced, if not eliminated, by making sure that your drainage conditions outside are proper and that you have gutters, they're clean, they're extended from the house four to six feet, not just a few inches like normal gutters are, and that the soil slopes away. So those sorts of things can prevent further water infiltration. And then after it's um, all torn out, then you're going to want to spray those that basement floor and the walls down with a solution of bleach and water, about 10 to 20% bleach with water. That will kill any mold spores that are left behind. Then get some fans down there, dry that all out, and then once it's dry, then you can think about putting it back together. And next time, I would not put carpet on a basement floor because um, that's a breeding factory for for mold, mildew, and uh, dust mites as well. Okay? Sounds like a winner to me. I certainly appreciate it. You're welcome, Gary. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Nancy in Pennsylvania is on the line and having a hot water issue. Tell us what's going on. Well, my uh, my hot water takes so long to, or my water takes so long to get hot when I turn on the spigot. And washing the dishes by hand makes that, uh, I, I, you know, waste a lot of water that way. Nancy, is this a new problem or has this always been the situation? No, it's, it's an old problem. Yeah, and it has to do with the physical dif- distance between the faucet and the water heater. The farther they are apart, the longer you have to wait for the water to heat up. Now, newer water heaters today, and especially the tankless water heaters, are very small. And so the way a lot of builders are addressing this is they're putting in multiple water heaters uh, closer to the the bathing or the washing areas of the house. So typically you'd have one for, you know, the kitchen and maybe the laundry area and you'd have another one for bathrooms. 
because these water heaters are so small and so efficient, they can you know, literally squeeze into uh, uh, anything that's uh, smaller than a closet. Now, in your case, though, it's just a matter of the distance that the water has to travel. Unfortunately, um, in a house like this, though, I would say that it's unlikely you will save enough money in water cost to uh, make the installation of an additional water heater worthwhile, Nancy. But is there anything else I can do? Like I have been told uh, different times that... Uh insulating the pipes wouldn't help or some people say it would well the only thing that insulating the pipes will do is it'll keep the water that are it's in the pipes once it gets there warmer longer but again it's a it's a distance thing you turn the faucet on the water starts to move from the water heater where it's hot to the faucet and it has to purge all of that cold water along the way once it purges it'll stay hot but it just takes a certain amount of time for that amount of water that amount of volume of water to move through the pipes does that make sense nancy yeah, it does. So there's there's basically nothing I can do except different water room. Well, except moving a water heater closer to the to the unit. I mean, there are recirculators that like sort of take water and recirculate it back all the time. But again, that costs energy too, and that costs plumbing expense too. And I just don't think you're going to save enough to make it worthwhile. Nancy, thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. John in Delaware is dealing with a spider problem. I can't even talk about it for fear they will <laughs> jump into my house. What's going on? I moved to the beach uh, about 10 years ago. I'm not. I'm 12 miles from the water, but I don't know whether that's part of the problem or not. But we have spiders inside the house all the time. They're always in the corners of the rooms. It's rare to come into any room and not have one. And it seems like as quickly as you get rid of them a week later, you have more in the same areas, and it is very annoying. What do you do to get rid of them, John? The only thing I do is I try to kill them and knock down their little web. Good luck with that. That's not working out too well for you, I bet, huh? No, it's not. You're not going to win the war if that's if that's your treatment approach. The thing about uh, insects today is... The best way to control them is, is is through science. And if you look at a company like Orkin, you know, a company that's been around forever, these guys know exactly what insecticide to put down. They know how to put it down in, in the right amounts. And the products that they use today are very insect-specific. It used to be that there was sort of a broad-spectrum pesticide that was put down. Today, the Pesticides are very, very specific for the problem. And if, you know, if I was dealing with this in my house, I wouldn't be running around with my boot trying to kill them all. I would have the pesticide applied, the right amounts, right place, and be done with it. So I would recommend that you call Orkin and have that taken care of the right way. It's safer to do that than to buy over-the-counter pesticides, which you end up over-applying, which are far more dangerous in my view, and certainly a lot less frustrating than having to stomp them to death. Okay, so I I would use a pesticide to control these spiders, and uh, that's the best solution. Okay, and you would not advise trying to do it on your own. You'd advise getting a company that's paying regularly to have them come back? Yeah, you can't buy the products that a professional can buy. They're not available to the general public because they have to be applied just right. That's why it's a good idea to turn to a pro like Orkin. John, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Marion, North Dakota needs some help with a concrete floor. What can we do for you? We got crumbling concrete on the basement floor. Okay. After water problems this spring. All right. And it's very crumbly and powdery. Mm hmm. And, uh, 
there are places on it that I'd like to paint if I could. Do you want to try to stabilize the deterioration of the concrete? Yeah, I was wondering if there's some kind of sealant that could be sprayed or poured on it. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, in terms of the water problem, um, is this a problem that happened after a heavy rainfall? Yeah. All right, so if you've got water that comes in after a heavy rainfall, I want to make sure we try to slow this down so it doesn't happen again. Adding sump pumps, things of that nature, is not going to stop this from happening again. What stops the heavy rainfall from getting in is outside looking at your gutters and your grading, making sure the downspouts are discharging away from the house, making sure your gutters are clean, making sure soil slopes away from the house. We've got extensive articles, actually several of them on uh, moneypit.com. Just search how to stop a leaking basement. It's the same advice. And we talk about the proper drainage improvements. So do that first. And then in terms of the concrete itself, you can use a patching compound. Quickcrete has a patching compound product. You definitely want to use the patching compound because it's designed to stick to the old concrete. If you try to put new concrete over it, it's not going to stick. So the ready-to-use patching compounds are trowel applied, they're latex formula, so it's easy to clean up, but that will seal the old concrete. Then once that dries, then you can paint it. And what I would look for is an epoxy floor paint. Uh, the epoxy paints I like because they're, they're a chemical cure. When you buy the floor paint, you get the paint in a gallon can that's about three quarters filled, and then a quart of hardener. You mix them together, stir them up, and then you apply the paint. Sometimes there is a, uh, an additive that goes in after the fact that gives you some texture to the floor, helps kind of hide the dirt. But patching it first, then adding an epoxy paint, will have that looking like new in no time. Okay, So, but the the name of the, the sealant was called what? Quick Crete, Q-U-I-K-R-E-T-E. It's Quick Crete Concrete Patching Compound. Good stuff. Mary, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You know, home makeovers are popular, but what if you put the same time and energy into making over your memory? No more forgetting where you left your car keys, huh? Well, actress guru Marilu Henner is here to tell you how and to share an important home buying lesson she learned the hard way after this. The Money Pit is presented by Hire, the world's number one appliance brand and a leader in air quality solutions. Hire is a new kind of appliance brand focused on home solutions designed for each stage of the emerging consumer's life. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Welcome back to this hour of the program. Hey, our next guest is a woman who's become a very good friend of this program. She's a respected and renowned actress of stage and screen. She's also a best-selling author, a self-help guru, a radio host, and she's been given the title Talk Show Guest of the Year. That's right. We are honored to welcome Mary Lou Henner to the program. Welcome, Mary Lou. Hey, you guys. I feel like we're family now. I'm so excited. I love you guys. <laughs> That's because we, we love, love to back. talk home improvement like your stuff and our stuff. And I hear that you have some terror stories about mistakes people oh. make when they buy houses. Oh, no. I, I made one of the biggest mistakes of my life. It pretty much broke or sealed the deal in breaking up my first marriage because oh, no. we always made jokes <laughs> that we didn't buy Terra 
like Gone with the Wind. We didn't have Terra. We bought Terror. Because, <laughs> no, because we bought, I mean, this was in 1980. We were both doing well. And we always say that we bought a $500,000 toboggan because it was sliding down the hill. Oh, no. They had put a little bit of money in escrow before we closed it to say, oh, yeah, we have to do a little restraint, a retaining wall. Uh, and it's only about $10,000. So let's just put it aside. And yeah, I mean, you guys can take care of it later. And it, so it turned into a $260,000 uh, retaining wall situation because it curved around the side of a mountain and the whole thing oh, was sliding down. And by the time we tracked this woman down who did not disclose it, she had no money left because she had sold a promissory note to a bank. She had changed her location. She moved to Atlanta. She changed her name. Oh, and my she God. changed her face. She used the money for plastic surgery. No and way. Things. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my terror story. Oh, and that's why we always tell folks time and time again to get a professional home inspection. And when you're buying a property like that, that's got this kind of potentially significant sort of engineering issue associated with it, not only get a home inspection, but get an engineer to look mm-hmm. at that because uh, that just really gets really ugly really quick. I'm so sorry that happened to you. Terrible situation. Now, you always impress me as kind of a handy person. Do you like to do projects around the house? I do. I'm more, I'm more like organizing. I'm a big organizer, so okay. I like to take a space. And I love filling a space and figuring out what goes where and what colors are right for it and picking out fabrics and stuff. So I would say I'm more decoratory and organizing than I am, you know, saw and drill and that kind of person. I can see that that's the way your brain is set up. It's like you remember so many specific details, and organizing is just basically putting all of the details in a very specific grouping, whether it's socks or silverware or, you know, knickknacks. It's the same type of categorizing. So I really believe in, like, setting up your environment to win and making sure that everything is convenient so that you're saving time and your health is working more efficiently and everything's like that. Now, we were together a few weeks ago, and you actually offered a decor tip that I had never heard before, which I thought was brilliant. And we were talking about picking paint colors and what a challenge that is. And you mentioned that you'd like to be able to paint a little splash uh, on your wall so that you could take your picture against it and see how you look against that color. <laughs> well, well, this is what I did. I knew that, pe- you know, being an actress, of course, I get photographed a lot in my home. So what I did is with every fabric, piece of tile, piece of you know, paint chip, whatever, I would take it out to natural light, not super sunny, but natural light and a mirror, and I'd say, does this go with my skin tone? And you want to feel really good in where in your environment. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? We're talking to Mary Lou Henner. Mary Lou, you've got a lot going on right now. Let's talk about your radio show. For those that have not heard it, tell us about it. Oh, well, I love doing this. I've been doing it for almost two years. It's called the Mary Lou Henner Show. We stream online at MaryLouShow.com, M-A-R-I-L-U Show.com. So I get fan mail from Patagonia. But we also have terrestrial stations all over the country, and every couple weeks we pick up some more, and it's just growing. And I get to interview fabulous people like you. And uh, and today I had on Martin Short and Aaron Tveit, and I had a homicide wow. detective. and awesome. <laughs> I had so many great yeah, I, I talk about a lot of different things, things that interest me. I talk a lot about memory. I talk about parenting and children and relationships and a lot of health and a lot of celebrities. So it's it's a lot of fun. So now you have a book out right now that we're talking about. It's called Total Memory Makeover. And sometimes I really feel like I could use a total memory makeover. I find myself forgetting certain things, leaving the front door wide open, the trunk of the car. So how is your book helping everybody to get their brains back in order? 
Well, I have a lot of tips and advice, and I kind of explain how my memory works because I have an unusual memory. Someone who has highly superior autobiographical memory, we remember virtually every day of our lives. So you can name a date within my lifetime. I'll tell you what day of the week it was and what I was doing on that day. And as a result, I feel like the more you develop your autobiographical memory, the more you're able to take information from your past, bring it to your present, and let it inform a better future. Marilee, we thought we might have some fun with you, if that's okay. We picked a couple of dates in uh, Money Pit history. We thought okay. maybe we'd ask you what you were doing those days, and we'll tell you what we were doing. Sound okay. good? Sure. All right, so let's start uh, fairly recently, uh, March 16th, 2012. Okay, March 16th, 2012 was a Friday, right? Yep. Well, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, March 16th, 2012. And I didn't look this up. I mean, we haven't, like, discussed this at all. No, not at all. Right? Okay, so March 16th, 2012, uh, I was working on something for Unforgettable, and I was uh, actually visiting somebody. You know, it's like the whole day starts to fill in. And I figure out, you know, what I was doing and uh, the people that I was having dinner with. And we went to Chibo. And it's just like the whole day oh, starts man. to fill in for me. That's amazing. So on March 16, 2012, the Money Pit broke 300 radio stations picking up our Ooh. program. And we wow. celebrated with a live broadcast in Times Square. So that was a big day for so us. So fun. Oh, wow. <laughs> really, did you know really it was a Friday? Yeah, you did. You must yeah, and it was, of course it was a Friday, yeah. Here's another one. September twentieth, two 2011. Okay, so that was a Tuesday. That's true. Yeah. September 20th, 2011. Um, yep. I, was, uh, I, I was going to New York. First, I was going to Orlando, Florida for uh, a meeting with some people. And then the following Monday, I was, so I was, I was just leaving for Florida and then moving toward New York for an event that Howard Stringer was, was honored at on uh, September the 26th. So I was in New York for like that period of time. Wow. Yeah. And, and you were absolutely dead on when you said Tuesday, and I knew that so instantly because you know what else happens on Tuesday nights? Jeopardy airs, and <laughs> Jeopardy used the money pit as the answer to a home improvement question. Oh, that must have been great. So that was a it big was night amazing. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Oh, and finally, a very important date for us, December 9th, 2004. December 9th, 2004. So that was a Thursday. Correct. Was that the first you aired? No, uh, no that was close. the first day I joined the Money Pit team. Oh, then that's the best day of all. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Mary Lou, you are such a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy day to visit with us today. And, and best wishes for continued success. And we will look forward to catching up with you on your show in the very near future. Thank you. I love you guys. All right. Bye. Have a great day. Bye. All right. We love it when Mary Lou stops by. Well, guys, when you're working on your do-it-yourself projects, you want to make sure it doesn't turn into a do-it-yourself opportunity for thieves. We're going to tell you why making sure that your tools are stored properly overnight will help take you off of the easy target list for burglars after this. You live in a body pit. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, the FBI says July and August are the top two months for residential break-ins. To avoid becoming a part of those scary statistics, don't make it easy for burglars. 
Do you leave tools or ladders outside? That's like handing them the keys to your house. Yeah, and after your do-it-yourself projects are done for the day, you want to make sure that your tools get back into the shed or garage promptly. You may be surprised to learn how many break-ins happen because of an opportunity, like a ladder being left leaning against the house. And having a good security system in place is also a great idea, and one that we really like is Simply Safe. It installs in 30 minutes without wiring or drilling, and there are no long-term contracts. I mean, for less than 15 bucks a month, you can have a professionally monitored security system 24-7 that protects your home and gives you peace of mind. And the best part, guys, is that Money Pit fans get an exclusive 10% off deal. So to grab your discount, you want to visit simplysafemoney.com to learn more. That's simplysafemoney, S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E, money.com. Try it risk-free with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Again, that website is simplysafemoney.com. S-I-M-P-L-I, safemoney.com. Daniel in Illinois is on the line dealing with a dipping bathroom floor. What's going on? I've got an older house that I'm doing some work on, and the bathroom floor seems to dip from the bathtub on one side uh, down and from the sink and the toilet on the other side down towards the middle. Okay. And I'm wondering what would be the easiest way to for a homeowner to be able to fix something like that. Bathroom floors typically get weak in two places. One is at the edge of the bathtub, and that happens from just years and years of water splashing over the side of the tub, or as you get in and out of the tub, just water dripping down there, getting the floor wet, and it's starting to decay. And the other area is right around the base of the toilet. Based on that, do you think that any of this could be decay, or do you sense it's more of a structural defect? I'm thinking it probably is more of the decay because it's more prominent towards the toilet side of the floor. Okay, so what you're going to need to do in that situation is basically replace the floor. So you'd have to take out the toilet, and you would have to tear up the floor and get to the whatever's below the tile. I presume you have tile. There's probably going to be plywood there, and you want to get down to something that's reasonably flat. It doesn't have to be completely rot-free because if it has some structural integrity, you can put a new layer of plywood on top of that, and that will transfer the support uh, to that upper layer, and it will work quite well. The other thing to keep in mind is the toilet flange may have to be adjusted by your plumber up a bit so that it ends up being flush with whatever the new floor level is going to be. But when the floor decays like that, there's no way it can be patched. It really is a structural issue and it has to be properly repaired. It's kind of a pain in the neck job because you got to work in such a small place and you got to take the toilet out to do it, but it really is the best way to do it. Okay. All right. Sounds great. Thank you very much. All right, Daniel. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Sarah in Iowa needs some help with a carpeting project. Tell us what you're working on. Um, I have a house built in 1975, and when it was built, they installed this carpet in the breakfast, kitchen, and unfortunately bathroom areas, and it's glued down. It's really low pile, almost like linoleum. Is it on a wood floor or is it concrete? It's on it, just on the wood subfloor. And I did try to uh, scrape it, it out of the little. Uh, bathroom area that we had, and it took hours and hours of hand scraping, and I probably did some damage to the subfloor in doing it. Well, the subfloor is not a finished floor, right? It's a 1974 house, probably plywood. Is that correct? Yes, it's plywood. So can you pull up the carpet? 
part itself, obviously leaving the glue behind, but will the carpet part peel off? If I pull up the carpet part itself, what gets left behind is this black spongy gunk that I can kind of scrape off, and then uh, the bottom part of the black is glued onto the floor. What I want you to do is to pull the carpet up, and then I want you to put a new piece of subfloor down on top of that using quarter-inch Luan plywood. It's very inexpensive, and... It's the easiest way to get back to a surface that you can work with. I would not try to remove the glue from the subfloor. It's just not worth it. It's a rather impossible job. So I would just you know, opt for a smooth surface by adding another layer of subfloor on top of that. And then whatever you want to put on top of that, you can, whether it's more carpet or whether it's laminate or tile or, or, or whatever. But just pull up the carpet, because so you, you don't want to sandwich carpet in between this. Pull the carpet up, then you'll just be sandwiching the old glue, and that'll be fine, okay? Okay, fantastic. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, another paint can in your garage is the last thing you need, right? Well, put all that leftover paint to good use instead. Stay tuned for money-saving ideas using every last drop when the Money Pit continues after this. You live in a Money Pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by QuickCrete. It's what America's made of. For project help from start to finish, download the new QuickCrete mobile app. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, hey, those backyard burgers aren't the only thing sizzling this summer. The Money Pit's giving away big ticket prizes in our sizzling summer giveaway sweepstakes. And time is running out to enter. Yeah, we've got three grand prizes up for grabs. Home security systems from Simply Safe, along with a month of monitoring. Also, a prize package from Works that includes the 8-in-1 aero cart. It's better than a wheelbarrow cart. And the Works Blower Sweeper, just in time for that fall leaf cleanup that's about to happen. Plus, your choice of outdoor equipment worth up to 500 bucks from Steel. These are some pretty fantastic prizes. You can visit Facebook.com slash The Money Pit to enter. And you can help increase your chances of winning by sharing our sizzling summer giveaway to earn bonus entries. It's all online at Facebook.com slash The Money Pit. All right. And while you're online, post a question just like Scott from Massachusetts did. And Scott writes, my basement has one finished room where water is coming in. Short of tearing down the drywall and uncovering what is, I'm sure, a mold fest, what are my best and most frugal options for fixing this? It only leaks in the early spring with the thaw and heavy rain. Aha. Listen, Scott, if you've got rain that's coming in that basement and it only seems to leak when the rain is really heavy and or there's a big snow thaw, there's only one thing that's causing that, my friend. That's a drainage problem right outside that wall. So the good news is all you got to do is fix this one limited area. Take a look right outside the wall where it's leaking. Your soil is going to be really flat. Something's wrong there. Maybe it's pitched into the house. Maybe you got a lot of mulch there, a lot of topsoil. You got to get that soil sloping away from the wall so that water that, that lands there can run off. And more importantly, take a look at the gutters above that. Make sure the gutters are clean, they're free-flowing, and those downspouts are extended four to six feet. If you do those two things, and if you only do one, to the gutters, I think you'll find that problem will dry right up and disappear as quickly as it showed up. Yeah, the gutters have a huge effect, even from the other side of the house. I mean, I had that experience in my own home, and just fixing that gutter repaired the problem for good. So start there.
Well, if there's one thing most home design projects have in common, it's leftover paint. Well, don't throw it out or stash it in your garage just yet. You can put that leftover paint to good use instead. Leslie has tips for doing just that on this week's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Yeah, you know, leftover paint can feel like a headache when every other aspect of a project is done. But with a little imagination and some creative flair, you can actually use paint leftovers to give your home extra appeal and have lots of fun in the process. Now, if you're looking for the perfect accessories for your freshly painted room, add a little of that leftover paint to canisters or vases, planters, or even flower pots, and that's going to help pull the the room together a little bit more and you can paint them one solid color or maybe even embellish them with some patterns just to give a little added punch or maybe you want to tie that freshly painted room to the rest of the house so you can use that leftover paint to update maybe baseboard trim or adorn another room or even breathe new life into a worn out old dresser rocking chair stool you really can use it on any piece of furniture in your home. Now, you can also pick up an inexpensive canvas from an art supply store and then create your own artwork using your home's design palette. And painting bookshelf interiors, that's really a hot trend right now. It looks so great. All you have to do is add a coat of paint to the recessed portion of the built-ins, and it gives it a nice contemporary twist. Just make sure you let it dry completely before you excitedly put back all of your books and knickknacks. You don't want anything sticking in place, guys. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Coming up next time on the program, are you having a hard time keeping your yard looking lush, thick, and green? Well, we're going to have tips to help you stop fighting that uphill battle by replacing all the grass with ground cover instead. We'll tell you how to choose the best ground cover for your yard on the next edition of The Money Pit. Happy Labor Day, everybody. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a Money Pit.